in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Seven times in the book of Revelation there in chapter 2 and 3, Jesus makes that statement, He that hath an ear, let him hear. What in the world does that mean? He who has an ear, let him hear. How do we get an ear to hear? I mean, we have ears and we have spiritual ears, but yet he's trying to tell us something there, don't you believe? And the Lord's really been challenging me to, to start maybe a little mini-series or something. It might be one message, it could be two or, two or three, but really for us to get back to this thing and focus in on how to hear God's voice. Amen. How to hear God's voice. And we, you know, we talk about it. It's like a lot of other things. We, we talk about that subject a lot or we hear about it, but we really need to revisit and go dig in a little bit and find out, make some adjustments. And, um, you know, it's like loss of hearing. You don't really know that it's going away, but you kind of start to notice when you're at saying, huh? Huh? When you keep saying that a few times and asking people to repeat things, that your hearing's kind of going down. It's a gradual thing. And that's what I've been seeing in the body of Christ, you know, as I've been praying and seeking the Lord, and just kind of showing me some, you know, just a visual aspect of the church. And it's kind of like, huh? We don't have ears to hear. And he, I just, since him saying that he wants us to have hearing ears, how many of you say, well, I think I need a little tune-up. I, I, I want to have hearing ears. How many of you want to have an ear to hear? Would it scare you if the Lord spoke to you? <laughs> we need to talk about that. We need to talk about, you know, what does it sound like? How does God speak to us? You know, is it an audible voice? It can be. Something that's more rare because it's scary half to death, but uh, it can be. You know, there's uh, in the New Testament when... Jesus was baptized, and then they heard this voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And that got their attention, you know, and so God can do that. But a lot of times it's through a process of just of an impartation, like, or just through our, our thoughts. It's through our spirit. And it's, it's hard for us to get a visual between our spirit man and our soul. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And where those things dwell, how they merge together, and how we separate them. And... Um, you know, we've got to have an idea of that so that we can make some adjustments. We, we can work out and get our physical body in shape and change some things, make some adjustments when we begin to know that, you know, we need to do a few things to get our health right or get back in shape or this or that or whatever. And we make adjustments. Maybe we have to make adjustments to our diet if there's been a certain uh, diagnosis and you have to make adjustments and we can do that what about our spirit man sometimes we're not looking out after that as much we don't know because it's just kind of somewhere there in the background and we really don't know until we're already into this thing and and did we hear God or not and well I don't know if he's speaking or not and so God wants us to have hear, hearing ears he wants us to get tuned up because God has some things to say to the church God has some things to say to you and it's, you know, you don't want to be, when it's, when he's speaking, that's not the time to get, try to get in a place to hear. We need to be in a place to hear so that at any time that he speaks, we can hear. And so he asks us, he, he makes this statement in Revelation, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Uh, 
the first thing that we need to talk about before we get into all this stuff about God's voice and how to hear him and all this other stuff is we need to prepare to hear God's voice. And, and so that's what this message can be about, preparing to hear God's voice. Uh, you know, what is he talking about? What's he saying here? He that hath an ear, what is he talking about? It's, you know, this, this is, is in the book of Revelation, and so it's in the end time. It's in the days that we're living in. We're so close to rapture that, you know, I, we get a little light in our, you know, as we're walking sometimes, it's maybe just almost just pre, pre-rapture uh, uh, gravity down here. But um, how do you get this hearing ear, and how do you use it? I mean, what are ears for? To hear. So what are we hearing? What should we be hearing? Uh, what are we listening to? And, you know, um, like the warden said in Cool Hand Luke, uh, uh, what we have here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> and I think in the body of Christ, what we have is failure to communicate. Because it's really, it's a broad thing. God is the master of communication. And uh, he desires to speak to us. The, the word communicate means to transfer information, to transmit thought or feelings. You think God has some information he'd like to transfer to us? Do you believe God's still speaking today? See, there's some people that believe that when the, 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 the Bible was finished, when, they, when the last letter was put there, that God's not speaking anymore. I don't believe that. I believe he's still speaking today. I believe that's why when Jesus was going away, he said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. He said, I'm going to pray and ask the Father to send the comforter, the counselor, who will guide you into all truth. And, uh, you know, and he went on to say a little further there that that's what the Holy Spirit is for, is to, uh, to speak to us and, and uh, to help us and to assist us in our communication back to God. You know, we need... It, when we're talking about how to hear God, we're going to have to talk about how to be filled with the Spirit and how to walk in the Spirit, how to be led by the Spirit because He's that doorway, uh, that <laughs> the entrance point. And so to communicate means transfer information, to transmit thoughts or feelings. You believe God has feelings? You know, uh, it says grieve not the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can be grieved. He's the third person of the Godhead. It's to... Um, Transfer something to another person. Man, God spoke and the worlds came into existence. He, can, he wants to speak and transfer whatever into you. Whatever God has, I want. And if we're one with him, what's his is ours and, and what's ours is his, right? Not like that woman told her husband, you know, what's, what's yours is mine and what's mine is mine. Yeah. That's kind of what we're telling God sometimes, you know. What's yours is mine and what's mine's mine. And, and, and we think that relationship's all right, but that's not all right. It needs to be that, that we're sharing some things. It also means to, to communicate means to join or connect. Join or connect. Think about it. God wants to join. He wants to connect with us. It means to be in verbal contact. You know, think about it. I mean, throughout your whole, your life, 24 hours a day, just, you know, throughout your day that you can be in verbal contact with the Lord. You know, sometimes if you're around someone all the time, sometimes you're not necessarily speaking words back and forth, but you are in contact with them. You know, there and sometimes you communicate 
you know, by actions or various things like that. But verbal communication, being verbal contact at any time with the Lord, wow, that line is open all the time. It mean, to communicate means it's an interchange of information or ideas. God wants to put his ideas into us that he can work them through us. It means to administer or receive communion. It, it, it's actually, it, when we receive communion, which we're going to do today, that's, that's part, that's what it means to communicate. <laughs> we are, you know, it, it runs right together. It's a process in this thing, this large topic, this subject of communication. As I said a while ago, God is the master of communication. And, you know, biblical history is not only the story of redemption, and how God has had a plan of redemption, but it's also the story of communication and revelation from God and of God. Did you get that? This story, this history of the, of the Bible, of the Word of God, is it's really about communication and revelation from God and of God, who He is. And so He wants to do that. He wants to communicate. You know, isn't, it, isn't it true that, that one of the keys to a, a good or any good relationship or successful relationship is communication? You've got to have that, right? We've heard that many times. And uh, for effective communication to occur, there's got to be what? Some listening going on. Effective listening. And there's a difference in kind of hearing and listening. You know, uh, so, sometimes we refer to it as selective hearing, kind of hear what you want to hear or parts and kind of sort it out. And because there's a lot of stuff going on, you, you know, you can be in, while I go in this room as we're going around shaking hands, there's a lot of talking going on and various things like that. So we were hearing a lot of stuff, but what were you listening to? If there's, if you're shaking somebody's hand, you're listening to them, right? So there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. There's a lot of things going on in the spiritual realm. And there's, so there's a lot of things to hear, but then what are we listening to? And, and so we need to, in this relationship, this communication relationship with the Lord, we've got to have effective listening. Effective li listening. Not only in our prayer life, that's when we think that we need to listen to God, that's when we set aside a time for prayer. Although Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. So, but we think of that the time that we listen to God is when we pray. When we're praying, then we need to listen. But what about this concept? What about being in a position of listening 24 hours a day? Did you know that in Job 33 and verse 13, you ought to read that, those section of scriptures through there, how that it talks about dreams and how God will, you know, when you lay down and when he can get you still and you're not thinking about everything else, that's when he can give you, he can speak to you through a dream. We might even talk about that, dreams and visions and how that, because we got stuff going on so much throughout the day, we're not listening, so a lot of times God will use it in a dream, but then we don't know what that is because we're like, well, we can't remember it because if you don't write it down with, within the first 90 seconds after you wake up, you forget it. How many of you had a dream last night? Do you remember it? You might like a little bit. I'll see. Well, I really remember. There's a lot about that. And so you might keep your, your phone there close to, we text everybody else. We might as well make some notes. There are a pencil and paper. Start writing some things down. I've made some adjustments uh, even in my time of just listening with God. I've been, he's been speaking so much that I can't keep 
keep up with him and trying to type fast enough to get it all down. And uh, he, want, he is desperate, listen to this, God is desperate to speak, to find somebody that will listen to him and what he wants to say so that we can be his instrument here on earth to speak it out. God's desperate. Wow. But so, the effective listening, we don't, it shouldn't be just in our time of prayer or in Bible study. I don't know if when you read, if, if you are praying and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal His Word, speak through His Word, or are we just kind of like, what is this? Okay, i got to read this and got to get this out so I can check it off. I'm reading through the Bible this year, and i got to get all my scriptures in. I remember one time I was so frustrated, and I was reading, and, and, I, and, trying, and I said, it's kind of, I don't know, slammed a book or something, and I said, God, you anointed you know, men to write this, through your Holy Spirit, you anointed men to write this. Anoint me to read it. And he did. <laughs> it's amazing. He's like, all you got to do is ask. I want to do that. And so we should be listening as we're reading his word. You need to be listening this morning when his word's being preached. You know, not just hearing or whatever and just like showing up, but, but listening. And, uh, but sometimes we think that just in our prayer life or in our Bible study that that's the time that we need to key in and be listening but even through our fellowship did you know God can speak through people and he, he puts people into our life and it says iron sharpens iron and then it talks about you know different things with friends and it even says in John it says that Jesus said I would that you love one another he said this is what it is is love one another he said that people might see and they'll, they'll know about me when you're showing love to one another so that our actions can actually begin to communicate to the world or those around us what God's, who God is and what he wants to do. And especially in times of corporate worship when we're gathered together and as we're singing and worshiping him, we ought to come with an expectation that God's going to speak to us. When I got up this morning, before my feet hit the floor, I'd been praying and I said, God, I know you're, you're gonna, you, you want to speak to us this morning, not just through the, not with me here preaching and, and him speaking through me, but, you know, through our times of worship, I trust that as we were singing in various songs and, and various things that as the Holy Spirit anointed those people to write those songs and the message that he was conveying that we picked it up and, and God spoke to us. It's a living word. It's powerful. Uh, so, you know, I guess we could back up and say, well, you know, uh, why is this so important? It's important because God has something to say. <laughs> He's got something to say, and how would you like to just be ignored? I've got, hey, hello, I've got something to say. And, you know, pay attention, and that's what God's saying to, his, to the body. And so I, I want to share with you some steps that we can take today to prepare to hear God's voice. We've gotta, we have to prepare ourselves before we can even talk about hearing him and, and uh, you know, uh, how he speaks and various things like that, we need to prepare for it. The first thing is, is that uh, you need, it, well, we'll just do it like this. First form of preparation is confession. We'll just take it on a one-word thing so maybe we can memorize it. Confession. All right, let's build around that point. You need to know that God wants to speak to you, Okay. 
Hang on to that for a second. You need to know that God wants to speak to you. And so he wants to communicate with us. And so we need to come into this thing like, okay, I need to prepare myself. And how do I go about preparing myself? In Romans chapter 10, verse 8, 9, and 10, if you can turn to that or pull it up on your smartphone or your iPad or whatever you're using, and we will get screens in here and projectors. We're working on all that stuff. And if you've got any extra offering around and you want to give it toward, we still need money to complete some of this stuff that we're doing. But uh, we have some stuff ordered coming in. So it's going to get better. You're going to get words. And we're going to be able to communicate even more effectively like that as well. But Romans chapter 10, verse 8 says, But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. Verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Okay, so we've heard that. We hear that at salvation. So the very first thing to prepare ourselves to hear God is that... Um, we need to know that he's our savior. You need to be born again. If you want to really hear God, you need to be tuned into him, okay? But look back at this a little bit more. It says, the word is near you. And the, the Greek word that's used there for word is rhema. And that word rhema means to speak. So the word, or to speak, is close to you. It's near you. To speak is near you. The one who speaks is near you. The word is near you. It's even in your mouth, uh, he says. And uh, so this rhema is to speak, or it also means to, um, uh, it means that which is spoken. So the word is near you, he says, even in your mouth and in your heart. Uh, that is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. There, you know, it's our eternal relationship with God begins with communication. That's how we start this thing with God, it's through communication through the word, through him speaking, through, it's near us. And so you got to kind of, it's, it's a little bit abstract, okay? So you kind of got to get away from some of the concrete things because uh, this relationship starts with communication in the sense that God is near us in our mouth and in our heart. And so how many of you are, you're saved and you've accepted Christ and you know that? How many of you remember when that happened? You can actually remember it. So, you know, it's kind of like, you feel this, you start to feel something, you feel a conviction, and you feel draw, you feel a drawing, and there's something going on. There's, some, there's a transfer of feelings and emotions. Communication is happening. And he's communicating to you, I love you, I forgive you, I, you know, I want you to be part of my family. He's communicating that to us, and it's transferring through our spirit, and he's Communicating, it's a rhema that's there. So our whole relationship with God starts with communication. And so sometimes we think that it ends there, but no, it just wants to get clearer and expand. The, there's another word, Greek word for word, and that's logos or logos. And that is a word that, that which is spoken. It, it is, it's used in the plural with references to conversation or communication. For instance, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, it says, In the beginning was the logos. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the conversation. In the beginning was the communication. 
in the beginning was the word that which was spoken. The whole thing, everything started with communication. And so this really, in a sense, is telling us about God and is telling us what he does. I mean, Christ himself, the word, the living word, came and dwelled among us to communicate who God is. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so this whole thing began with communication, with God speaking. And so it's, a, it's, it's more than just a one-time happening thing. This is who God is. This is part of him. And he wants to continue it on. And if we really want to get close to him, we've got to know how to communicate. We've got to learn to listen effectively to hear him and realize that he's close to us at all times. He's present and uh, he's communicating. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him, through this communication, through this spoken word, and through the, this person of the Godhead, it says, through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. Life came out of communication. And that life was the light of men. That enlightening, have you ever heard something you, and you really heard it, you listened? And when you heard it, it's like, wow, and it's like the light came on. Right? I've been enlightened. That's where we get all these things. And it says, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. I used to think about that a lot. Darkness understood it, okay. And what in the margin it talks about has not overcome it, but really when you trace it back in, it says, has not, I think the King James is, has not comprehended it. That used to throw me off. Wait a minute. Here we were talking about, you know, in the beginning was the Word. You know, and the Word was God. The Word was God. And, all and then we get down to this thing of like, and darkness didn't understand it? Yeah, because he's not part of the conversation. He's not part of the conversation. He's not part of the communication. You see the terms there, it's all talking about this process of communication. And darkness could not understand it. Couldn't get involved in the communication process. Couldn't, he's not a part of it. Darkness can't do it. And so when we're connected and we're communicating with God, darkness can't get in there either. When we're really tied in, now he's there, darkness is there trying to get in, but when light comes, it dispels that. And so that's where we get that, that light overcomes darkness, but the word overcomes silence. Right? You know, it's, it's where there's an absence of something. Darkness is just simply the absence of light. And silence is the absence of sound. And so that's why the, that darkness can't comprehend it, it can't understand it, it can't overcome it. And so we are finding that really this whole thing in the, the, in the beginning, the creation of the universe and everything has to do with communication, has to do with God speaking and things happening and people, why would we think that it's not as important today? But what's going to make it connect is God has to have listeners. He has to have effective listeners that we can hear it and then be a part of the communication and carry it on. And so the, this first thing about preparing ourselves, confession is that, that we need to confess that, that he, 
that he is. Confess that he's our, uh, he's our Savior. Confess that he's the Word and confess that we have life in him. So it starts with life in him and then we confess that he is our Savior. He's our Lord. Jesus, when he said, when you pray, say, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name and begin to worship and have this communication with him, this communication process. And so every day we confess that he's our Lord, he's my Father, he's my provider, he's my shepherd, he's my, the banner that's over me that brings love, he is my victory, he's my strength, he's my God, he is. So the thing starts with confession. So communication, to prepare yourself for this communication and to prepare yourself to hear God's voice, start confessing who He is. Start this communication process. It's close to you. It's in your mouth. <laughs> Get it out <laughs> and say it. And then the second thing that we need to confess is that confess that He wants to speak to you. Yes, Lord, the Lord wants to speak to me today. And we begin to declare that. We begin to initiate that. I believe God wants to speak to me today. And what we're really doing is we're not telling him anything. We're telling us something. We're saying, okay, ear, not these ears, but I want to have, in the spirit realm, I want to have big Mickey Mouse ears. <laughs> I should have worn one of those hats to that. So I'd invite a bunch of visitors next week and I'll wear a Mickey Mouse hat and preach. <laughs> no, there's oh, I'm not going to invite anybody if you're going to do that. <laughs> Wouldn't it be cool? Now, what would it look like if all of a sudden God just pulled back the natural curtain of life and we saw into the spiritual dimension and we were able to see each person's spiritual ears? Hey, Dopey wouldn't be so bad, you know, and he's the one that had the big ears on the seven door or whatever they are. Or would we have the little teeny tiny ones or whatever, you know? What kind of ear do you have? He that hath has an ear, let him hear. So we've got to have the ear, the ear that the Spirit of God is wanting to speak into. We've got to be tuned into him. So confess that he wants to speak to you. So we're telling ourselves, we're telling our spirit, we're telling our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, God's going to speak to me today. I'm preparing myself to hear. He's going to speak to me today. We usually don't do that until we get real desperate. Oh, I've got to have a word from God. I've just got to have a word from God. Sometimes we're so busy talking that we don't even hear him. <laughs> Be still and know <laughs> that he is God. John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus, he was talking to the, these Jews and these Pharisees, and they came up and they said, you know, or when are you going to tell us if you're the Messiah or not? So they have this conversation, and, and he says, well, because you're not, because you're not my sheep. But he says in verse 27 of John 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. So he says, I know them. And he says, uh, they listen to my voice. I know them. To know, the word there, how it's used is, it means to apprehend clearly and with certainty. You know, without this process of 
communication that we're talking about here, there simply cannot be any real spiritual change in the life, in our life. We've got to get in and, 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 and we need to listen. He says, I know them. They listen to my voice. God is deeply concerned about how well we listen when we're listening. Did you, hear, did you get that? God is deeply concerned about how well we listen when we are listening. So the first thing, the first way that we start to prepare ourselves to hear his voice is confession. Confessing that he is Lord and if initiating at salvation on through every day of who he is, confessing, and then confessing that, he, that God wants to speak to me. He, God's going to speak to me today. He wants to speak, so he's going to speak to me today, and so get ready to hear. The second thing, if we start out with confession, the second step of preparing ourselves is consideration. You're like, okay, that really sounds unjoint, disjointed there. In, math, in, in Mark 4.24, there's a statement. He says, the Lord warns us. He says, consider carefully what you hear. That's it. He, but he warns us. He said, consider carefully what you hear in Mark 4.24. And then in Luke 8.18, he says, consider carefully how you listen. And it's not some error that they just wrote down wrong, you know, and just used here, the word here for at that time, and they were wrote listen on this other time. No, it's specifically there for a reason. He says, consider carefully what you hear. Consider carefully what you hear and consider, consider carefully how you listen. So listening to God involves consideration. The word here, there, is to learn by the ear or by being told or being informed. So he says, consider carefully um, what you're being told. Consider carefully what you're being informed of. So when you're going throughout your day, you need to consider carefully what you're hearing, what you're being told, what information that you're getting, what's your source. When that comes, you need to consider it carefully. The word listen that's used there in Luke 8, 18, he said, that means to pay attention, to heed, to obey. So he says, first of all, in, in Mark, he says, consider carefully what you're being told. And then in Luke, consider carefully how you heed that information that you're getting. Consider carefully what you're being told and consider carefully how you heed that information that you're getting. Because we're just stuff flying out there, you know, and, and discerning, and, and so you get this report from the doctor, so consider carefully the information that you're getting and then consider very carefully how you heed that information. Because right. you can get it. That's a report that comes. Okay. So I'm going to, and I guess we, we probably need to, to, the word consider that's being used there, it means give careful thought, meditation, deliberation. Give careful thought, consideration, deliberate over this, meditate over the, 
the, what you're being told on how you're hearing this and, or what you're hearing and then give, meditate and deliberate over uh, how you get that information, how you listen to it, how you're, uh, how you're being told, how you're being informed. And so you get this report and so you consider carefully what you're hearing, what you're being told. You say, okay, so I'm going to put that over here. And then you got to consider carefully how you're going to heed that, how, you, what you're going to, how you're going to process that, what you're going to do with that. Are you going to get all nervous and bent out of shape and, and get fearful and uh, I just don't know what I'm going to do now? Or are you going to say, okay, now then, what does God's Word say? So we're going to consider it carefully and weigh it out. Because as we're hearing things, as we go through life, certain events, trials, tribulations, and, and uh, even blessings and various things, they're all, it's all communication coming to us. It's stuff that's coming. It's information that's coming. It's what we're hearing. And then how we heed that, be careful how you heed that, by how you handle it, what you do with it. The point really is simple. God has much to say to us, and because, you know, He's the all-wise and sovereign God, and because our finite, you know, human minds are, are more simple, um, as well as we, you know, we, we're here in a fallen nature, and even, even with a redeemed fallen nature, it is imperative for us to consider carefully what we hear and how we listen to it. So consideration, if you're going to hear God, you've got to walk through this life with consideration every, every second. All the information that's coming to you, you know, consider carefully what you hear and how you're listening to it. You know, we can too easily become the Martha. I remember the story of Martha. Why don't you turn to Luke chapter 10 and let's look at this Luke 10 verse 38. And a lot of stuff going on. It could even be like an event today. You know, a lot of things going on, a lot of things happening. Even sometimes, you know, things that are good, things that are happening, uh, doing things for the Lord. And it can be easy for us to be like Martha, who was distracted by so many things, rather than Mary, who sat at the feet of her Savior and listened to his word. In Luke 10, verse 38, it says... Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a certain village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who moreover was listening uh, to the Lord's word, seated at his feet. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all of the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about and bothered about so many things, but only a few things are necessary, really only one, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. It's also in the, the parable of the sower and the reap and, and the seed, and, and um, you know, we can be like that thorny ground, you know, full of thorns and thistles, which represent the, the cares of this life. And, 
it represents the world, uh, which can choke out the word, can choke out what God's trying to say, and cause it to, to become unfruitful in our lives, not produce anything. In Mark chapter 4, in verses 18 through 19, it says, And others are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, and the worries of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things entered in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Think about that. Is that how we are? You know, we hear the word. Be careful what you hear and be careful how you listen. So, you know, God can be speaking to us, but yet, uh, you know, at verse 19, and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things entered in and choked the word and it becomes unfruitful. We can not allow it to come in because we have certain things that are motivating us and pushing us, maybe our desires and our ambitions or whatever, so we have to put the things of God aside. And it can be a good thing, like Martha was just trying to get stuff ready. I mean, for the Lord, he was there coming to their house and different things and needed to get some things ready, but yet those things prohibited her from really hearing and listening to the Word, so we've got to be careful. You know, Listen to these words in Proverbs 20, verse 12. It says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. The hearing ear and the seeing eye, God has made both of those. I think it's interesting that Solomon, the smartest man they claim, you know, the wisest man they ever lived, he mentions the eyes and the ear, which are both a part of receiving communication, but he didn't say anything about the mouth. It's like the one person said, you notice that we have two ears and, and one mouth, so we should listen twice as much as we speak. You know, the fact is that we all are too quick to reveal our minds and too slow to listen. We want to say what we have on our mind, and sometimes you better not give anybody a piece of your mind. You can't afford it. <laughs> you might not have enough left. <laughs> have enough left over. <laughs> Jesus reminds us of this. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be, or James, I mean. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak. So we've got to be careful here. You know, we have to consider these things. You know, consider what we're, what we're hearing and how we're listening to it. Consider what information are you getting, and when that report comes, when that information comes, be careful. Now, you know, one person might be a little bit stronger than another person. You know, they can might hear something, and it might be a discussion that might challenge, um, you know, let's say theology and what God's Word says. But if they're mature enough and deep enough in God's Word, automatically they say they throw that off and say, "No, that's just garbage. That's not right." So. I'm, you know, I'm going along my way. But if you're not mature enough, if you're not established, then you don't need to be around that conversation. I know riding Harleys and going to rallies and different things, you know, there's some people that they're, they can't handle that. Maybe they're not removed far enough away from that lifestyle and they can't be a part of witnessing because maybe there's old triggers there and they might, might be too easy for them to fall back into a certain way of life. Through the CMA... Christian Motorcycles Association on one of their courses on evangelism, they say, you know, if, if that 
you know, you might not be called to go evangelize at a rally. That might not be your thing because you might not be able to handle it. You know? So there's some things that some people might be more mature than others on it, but you just need to be careful about, you know, where you are and, and, and what's coming in and don't put yourself in a situation where that, that it can uh, cause you to not be able to hear what God is saying. And you get confused and you fall back in and you get, fall into temptation. The third thing, way, area in our life where we need to be preparing is, let's say, uh, comprehension. So we have confession and uh, we have consideration and uh, then comprehension. That means really understanding what God says, comprehending what he's saying. Comprehension is, it's an action. So that means we've got to do something. It's the action of understanding. It's the ability to understand. It's also the range of understanding. That is, mysteries beyond human comprehension. That's where we need to get, right? We need to, get to, we need to be prepared and equipped with our listening abilities to have a range of, of listening that uh, goes beyond human comprehension. Jesus talked about, he talked about the mysteries, and they said, why are you always speaking in these parables? <laughs> you know, or it, and he says, look, I, I can share with you the mysteries of these things, and you can comprehend them. So we need to get to a position of where we're understanding, you know. Some of you are bilingual, and you know, you can be carrying on a conversation and not even realize, I, I remember we've been in different situations, whether it was in Mexico, South America, uh, in Africa, you know, and they're carrying on a conversation, you know, in that particular language, and turn around and start talking to me in the same language, I'm going, hello, <laughs> uh, you need to change that, because I didn't get any of that, no comprende, <laughs> you know. So that's not how you say it in, in Swahili, uh, you know. But <laughs> we need to be tapped in enough so that we can spread beyond our boundaries of human limitations and understand the mysteries of God. How about that? That's where God wants us to get. He wants us to get in this thing of communication. He wants us to get into a, a, a wider round. He said, I've got so much to tell you. I've got so much information to transfer to you. I have ideas to transfer to you. I want to get them to you, in you, so that it can get through you. That's why a lot of times he does speak to us through dreams and, and through visions. You know? And sometimes the dreams are... Like, what did that mean? I dreamed, it was a couple of weeks ago, I dreamed I was in this parking garage and I was looking for my car. It's like, and I'm pushing the, where is that car? Where is that car? And I just, you know, I couldn't find the car and I thought, well, and so it was such a, a real thing that I jotted it down. Let me look at, up here and, and, and share with you the meaning of that dream because I prayed. Now, sometimes God will do that where that he, you know, his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. Sometimes he does, he'll speak to us in a dream and it's something that it's kind of abstract and we don't understand it. And why does he do it? Because he wants us to, what's the scripture? He wants us to seek those things out. What's the scripture I'm trying to think of there where he'll do that, but he, it's, it's uh, something like it's in, uh, gosh, like it's, 
how does it say it? I'm getting King James mixed up. That for him to conceal a thing and for us then to search it out. Somebody help me out with the complete thing of that. To conceal a thing and, and something in our wisdom to seek it out. Anyway, that's so, I, that came to me. And so I thought, okay, well, I need to seek this thing out. And, uh, okay, hold on. Let me see if I can find this. Y'all hang with me because I got to, it's under dream. It was April, April 9th. Um, and so here's what I got. So I'm in this parking garage. I'm looking for my car. You know, I can't find it. And so I'm not frustrated. I'm not fearful, whatever. It's just, you know, like, what's going on? And then I wake up. Well, there's certain symbols, and God does do certain symbols. Even, you know, numbers mean certain things. Colors mean certain things. Colors in light mean different things. And a car in a dream can be your avenue in life, you know, and uh, various things like that. So here's what it came back. It says that you have been in the same spot for a while, and God is trying to take you places, but there are some things that are preventing that uh, from happening. So I said, oh, okay, yeah. Kind of feel like we were in the same spot over there for a while, <laughs> and something was preventing us from getting into where we wanted to be and still trying to prevent us from, you know, that's just one of those applications. But so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, I'm... I'm ready to go to another level, God. So then what I need to do is search out what's hindering me. Is it me? Is it something in my life? Is there sin in my life? Or something that I'm failing to do? Or, you know, laziness or whatever? Is that it? I'll, so I'll search that area. Or is it a spiritual type of a hindrance that I need to, to tear down some strongholds that have come in in some particular realm? So that's where we search those things out and continue this, this conversation with God. So he can speak to us through a dream. And you might go, what is that? And he says, well, you know what? I had to get you still enough, first of all, to speak to you. And next, the next thing is, is that I want you to search this out just a little bit. Hmm. That's I mean, not always like that. Did you have? Okay, we read it. Did y'all hear that? It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the glory of kings to search out the matter. We're kings and priests, and so it is for us to search those things out. So, comprehension, understanding what God is, what he's saying. Proverbs 18, 2. A fool does not delight in understanding, which comes from hearing, but only in revealing his own mind. A lot of times our prayer consists of us telling God what we want and telling God what's wrong and all this other stuff. It's just us telling him all this stuff. And he's like, I know that. <laughs> you know, would you listen to me and I'll tell you how to fix it or what to do about it. Comprehension is an action. So what do we got to do? We got to take a look at ourselves. That's why the first thing is, okay, now I need to take a look at myself. God was saying this to me, not let me look. It's an action here, so it's something. Let me look at me first. Don't try to push it off and look out there. Jeff's hindering me. It's him. It's this. It's, 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 it's all that other stuff. Well, you know, if I, we always have an excuse. It's always somebody else's fault, but we need to start here first. Okay, if it's me, then let me take a look here. Search me, oh God, and help me to see, God, if it's in here, then I want to get rid of it because I don't want to be hindering what you're wanting to do. So let's start here first, right? Matthew 13, verses 13 through 15, and I love the 13th chapter of Matthew, and it talks about 
mysteries and various things there, so that'd be a good one to read. But verse 13 in Matthew 13, it says, Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. Comprende? <laughs> verse 14, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never per perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. Uh-oh. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. And you know what? Just the, the, the time frame, the dispensation that we're living in, the Laodicean dispensation right before the coming of the Lord. Remember when he said, you know, you need, eyes, you need salve for your eyes. So, so we're living in a time frame, in a dispensation, that this is very prevalent. We can't fall into that, brothers and sisters, believers in Christ. We, you know, we can, it, it, it can happen so easy for that to be a part of us because it's so prevalent around. But we have to be different. We've got to be that light that dispels the darkness. Get out of my conversation. You know, so we've got to be, have eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand. We've got to comprehend the things of God. Got to take the action. There needs to be, uh, needs to be a heart that's open uh, to personal soul-searching examination that we need to look in and, and just search and say, well, if it's here, you know, I got to search it out and, and get cleansed before God. Uh, he says, uh, you know, a contrite spirit before, a humble and contrite spirit. That's what God says. That's, that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm searching for is a humble and contrite spirit. Wow, I, I want everything that I can do to get God searching for me. So humble, contrite spirit, worshiper, he's seeking true worshipers. Boy, when we get that and he's constantly seeking us, we're closer now for this conversation, this communication that's going on. You know, we need this. We need to examine. We need to understand so we can take a look in and understand it uh, for the purpose of seeing our motives. Remember, James says you have not because you ask not, and then when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives in mind. We've got to examine our motives, our sources of trust. Sometimes we don't, we don't enjoy the things of God because our trust isn't completely in God. He pulls us out of our comfort zone. Some of you might have a hard time tithing because you're thinking, well, I just, man, I, you know, I got this, I got that, I got that, I don't know what I'll do. God says, okay, well, then it's a, it's a trust issue then. You don't understand my word? He said, try me in this and see if I'm not, you know, open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a, a blessing that you can't contain. Huh? No comprende. That one, woo. You know, what? How can that happen? got to get out of the human realm domain and get into the mysteries of God that are out here. So I've got to get over here so I can, you know, I don't have to understand it with this thing, but with my heart, with my spirit. I'm just using that as an example, but it could be a lot of different things in our life as far as a, a trust issue. You know, the things that we depend on for our security. God wants to be our source of security, Right? 
not something else. And so sometimes those things will be, he can shake those things. You know, this, it needs to be done before your personal Bible study. For years I've made it a habit of just, you know, having an hour of prayer because, just because uh, where Jesus came up to his disciples in the garden and said, could you not wait with me for one hour, you know? So I've just kind of put that there. But, uh, and then in that time of worshiping him and uh, presenting myself before him, then I can go into a time of where I, want to, I can listen for him to speak. But so many times it's kind of like we jam it in there. We don't come in here, we got to throw it out there and tell God what, what it is that we need and all this stuff. It's like placing an order and then we're off, man. You know, it's like, well, pastor, you don't understand, you know. I got a 45-minute drive to work. Yeah. <laughs> when we lived in Tulsa, I had a long drive back and forth. We was, I was working, building some apartments in, in Jinx. But anyway, getting through Jinx, Oklahoma. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to live there. Where do you live? Jinx? Are you Jinx? No, I'm not. I'm blessed. Anyway, so going through there, and I had that time, and it was like, that's my drive time. That's my time of prayer, and, you know, and, and just everything before I had to get in amongst all of the heathens and, that I worked with. And, and so uh, a guy that came on and began to work, he was a walk-on with the Oklahoma Outlaws when they did that football change thing. They were trying that out. Big old guy, his Popeye forearms and stuff, and he says, uh, something, I want to know if I can come by and pick him up and start riding with me. And I'm like, really? It wasn't so much that I didn't, it was like, that's my time. That's, that's me and God, that's when we communicate, it's when we talk. Wait a minute, that's our time. And man, I, ah. So I did it for a while, it just was so uncomfortable because that was a certain time. You can make time. We have to make time. It's an action, this thing of comprehending it's an action and we have to make time to do it psalm 119 and verse 18 says open my eyes that i may see wonderful things in your law or a time of just open my eyes i need to understand this open my eyes that ought to be our time of prayer that's what we ought to be asking god for god let me win the lottery no he says how about god open my eyes <laughs> that's that's worth more than the lottery if we could see into the dimension and the realms that are beyond our human domain that's there's no price for that psalm 139 verse 23 i quote it all the time search me O god and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. That's, that's where you prepare to hear God. In 1 Corinthians 11, verse 28, listen to this because we're going to receive communion here in just a couple of minutes. It says, A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judged ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being uh, disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. So we ought to examine ourselves, and, and uh, it says that, um, that we're not 
he says, for anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment. The body of the Lord, the, the body of Christ, our, our brother and our sister and our fellowship. And what's my fellowship with one, you know, with my brothers and my sister? Am I showing love as Jesus said that I needed to show love? Am I doing that? And we examine our hearts and we see and ask God to, okay, God, change me. We need to look here first. Let me throw these other two out real quick. We need to have confidence. You need to prepare yourself with confidence in the sense of listening. Uh, listen, it says in Proverbs 22. Listen, uh, in the Amplified it says, consent and submit to the words of the wise and apply your mind to, to my knowledge for it will be uh, pleasant if you keep them in your mind, believing them. Your lips will be accustomed to confessing them so that you, your trust, your belief, your reliance, your support and confidence may be in the Lord. I have made known these things to you today, even to you. God says, I'm speaking this to you. He says, so, so that your trust might be in him. We got to trust God. And so if we're going to prepare to hear God, we've got to have confidence in him that, you know what, God, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledging, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Consecration. Setting ourselves apart for him. That's how we prepare to hear God. Consecrate ourselves. Set ourselves apart. Paul said in Romans 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and acceptable will. Then you're going to have an understanding of what it is. So we need to consecrate ourselves. If we're going to hear God, set ourselves apart to hear God. Don't be conformed to the world. And the last thing of preparation is change. We've got to prepare to change. James said in the in first chapter, verse 22, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks in, uh, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Wow. We need to be ready to change. Don't just, you know, be hearers of the word and not doers also. Change. Are you willing to make some changes in yourself? I want us to examine ourselves today. See if we'd be willing to prepare ourselves. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, it says, Guard your steps as you go to the house of God and draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know they are doing evil. Do not be hasty in word or impulsive in thought to bring up a matter in the presence of God. Don't just come to, you know, bring your thing up to him. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Ezekiel says, but as for you, son of man, your fellow citizens who talk about you, 
by the walls and in the doorways of the houses speak to one another, each to his brother, saying, Come now and hear what the, the message is which comes forth from the Lord. Come hear what the message is that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as people come and sit before you as my people and hear your words, but they do not do them, for they do the lustful desires expressed by their mouth, and their hearts their heart goes after their gain. And behold, you are to them like a sensual song by one who has a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument. For they hear your words, but they do not practice them. Is that us? We just come together, we hear the words, but we don't practice them. God says, you begin to do this. Do my word, listen to it, let me speak to you through it. As John said, the word became life and the darkness didn't comprehend that, it didn't get it, then it becomes a reality. 